Welcome back to another Saturday night here on Mad Radio Network. The last word on hockey is back. Season three, episode one. We're just around the corner from the 2021-22 NHL regular season. In fact, it starts Tuesday. Uh, coming back from a small hiatus summer. Played a couple episodes here and there. But today we kick-started third season back and better than ever again. Here on Saturday night, I am your host, Jim Berenger, as always, joined by Coach Jay and Mark Weiss. It's been a long summer. It's been a fun summer. New season, same fun. Gentlemen, welcome back. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Hey, Good we're all bearded. Evening. We're all back and bearded. That's it, baby. Beards, everything. We're here. We're ready to go. The season, like I said, right around the corner. Preseason is done. It's in the books. Tonight's the last night. We don't need six preseason games. We don't even need. We know we Carolina need, didn't need six preseason games. Apparently, mm. yo, yo, snitches dig ditches, and Carolina and Montreal got a a long, oh, long ride. They got a lot going between them. Oh, I yeah. love it. It's great. It's fun, but. Bigger news out of Montreal. I think we need to start before we get into this Metro division. <laughs> Biggest news out of the out of everything. Uh, Kerry Price, the Canadians all-star goalie, MVP, whatever you want to call him, will be absolutely uh, will be volunteering, voluntarily stepping away for a little bit. He has entered the NHL, NHLPA assistance program. No further details have given on why. Good. He's in there, but that's good. Uh, good to see he's getting the help that he needs. All the best for him. However, the Canadians, we already knew it was going to be an uphill climb for Montreal coming back into the Atlantic Division after their Stanley Cup final appearance, their run in the bubble as well. And now it's even a bigger uphill climb. No Shea Weber, no Price, no Hoffman to start. No uh, Byron Turner. Uh, no Perry. So the Canadians have an uphill climb, but we just want to give our well wishes to Carey Price. I say kudos to Carey. You know, take care of you because at 34 years of age, you got a lot of years to live on this planet and you've given a lot to the game. And you know what? Honestly, for the Canadians, they were expecting to not have him for a long time anyway because he had physical ailments that were getting worked on anyhow. So you know what? Don't even worry about that. Jake Allen's in it, but most importantly, Kerry's going to be, you know, taking care of himself. And if he doesn't play another game in the NHL, he's still going to be a Hall of Famer. But at least now he'll be a guy who can, you know, deal with his demons and feel better about himself and live a productive life and not just be a goalie. Yeah. Um, you know, God knows the what he's any goal, every, any goalie, any goalie. He's 34. He's he's gone through wars. I mean, we don't know the exact reason why, and we wish him well. Um, you know, if it's mental, physical combination, um, whatever. How about just family. ten years of all that pressure up in Montreal? <laughs> Let's not talk about the pressure in Montreal, the knee surgeries this year with the draft, being exposed to Seattle, 
you know, the talk of him possibly leaving Montreal, everything together. There's probably a lot of stuff going on. And kudos and he to him. Hurt for, in the playoffs last year. Right, exactly. He had, yeah, he had to be hurt when he was playing in the playoffs and did it for the team. Right. You know? So we know exactly. the guy's not the guy is mentally tough because to play that position in that city on that team and then have a torn meniscus and play his way through the playoffs. And what do you have? Like an insane two one eight goals against average and like a nine twenty something save percentage. You know, they didn't lose in the finals because of him. They lost in the finals because they played a team of the ages. So yeah, they play yeah, exactly. I mean, look, they they know um they know who they played and, and yeah. everything like that. I mean, Tampa is the best team. We Everybody knew it. Uh, I mean, surprisingly, it wasn't a sweep. But, but you know what? Look, could have been, Montreal, could have been an upset. You never know. I mean, you know, Kerry did his part to make that upset happen. It's just right. that the rest of the team just couldn't, you know, they, they just couldn't beat the champs. And that's why they're champs. Exactly. And look, exactly. Montre- Montreal had, definitely has an uphill climb going for them. Uh, even if Price is healthy, again, Shea Weber's probably not playing this year, if ever again. Uh, just a lot of injuries up front, the injury bug hitting the Canadians. It's going to mm-hmm. be tough. They might be it might have been competitive. Maybe get a maybe in that division potentially find a way to knock on the door. But the problem Possible. is, pro- the problem is with the division we're talking about a little bit later on in the Metro. You could see four or five teams coming out of that division. So it. it that means the Atlantic's only really getting three teams. So where's the Canadians fitting in into that with um, Florida, Tampa, and Toronto? I mean, I just don't see much. I, I mean, guys, not to get ahead of our predictions, which I know we're going to start doing pretty soon. Spoiler alert. But with possibly five teams coming out of the Metro, that only leaves three spots from the Atlantic. And yeah. Montreal's got to white knuckle it to get those through to get to one of those three spots, especially if you're already giving, you know, two of those spots up to, to Boston and Toronto. So, you know, it, it, it's, it is, it, it is though those two, but I was saying the two spots are really Tampa and Florida and then Toronto because yeah. maybe Boston's on the outside looking in too. You know, we, we all talk about the window closing and definitely the window could close on, on, on Boston with, I just, that top three in it. You know what? We'll save that for next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll save it for next week. But, yeah. but we'll talk about the Cavs fans. Don't dismay, though. The guy's doing the right thing. Anyone on the hat? I've seen a very small handful. I want to say this. The fans have been really good on all the hab sites that I tap into every day. I just want to say that they've been really good and very supportive. But there is that handful. I, I'll call them trolls who just yeah, have, have things to say. They just don't understand that this is the year 2021. It is not 1971 where you have to stick it out and stay in net. You're going to lose your job and someone else is going to take it from you and you're disgracing the colors. That world is gone. And you know what? Thankfully, it is gone. Yeah, exactly. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Your health first. Listen, you know what? It, he's proven himself to that organization. And whatever 100%. his problems are, like you said, Mark, he was supposed to be out not even start the season on time. So he's yeah, going we to work. Seeing him until like almost like Christmas. Yeah. So he's working out whatever kinks and maybe mental kinks. He's getting older. He's 34. You want him in net. You want him as healthy physically and mentally as he possibly can be when he does come back. So he's going to come back probably on time when he was supposed to, even if he didn't go into this. So, which is why know. it was so important to unprotect him and to protect Jake Allen. Right, exactly. And now they get Samuel Montabon from they picked him up on waivers from the Panthers. Yeah, that's a so steal. That's a that's a nice pickup for a backup for Jake Allen. So yeah. if and they if can ride the through on Primo. Exactly. So now you can ride hit those two guys. They'll have, you know, 30 days with price, maybe longer. So we'll see what happens there. Again, we'll save Montreal predictions for next week, but we just yep. need to get the news of price coming in. Other news out of the Atlantic Division. Well, of course, you knew I had to throw something Montreal in, right? Exactly. Other news out of the Atlantic Division. Uh, Sasha Barkov, Alexander Barkov, Florida Panthers, yesterday signs eight-year deal, $80 million to stay with the Panthers, $10 million AAV. Great player, uh, underrated team. Everybody predicts the Panthers will take the next step. We'll talk about that next week. But you know what? I like Panthers this year, but I don't know if they get by the champs. But, again, we'll save it next week. Other guys – 
that signed uh, James Neal signed a one-year deal with the Blues as he was on a PTO today. So the real deal is, is sticking around. We'll see where he fits there. Uh, Pedersen, Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes signed their contracts respectively in Vancouver. So they'll be back in the lineup. And Brady Kachuk is still out there for – he's the last RFA out there with the Senators. We'll see when that deal gets done. Hopefully – I don't know when it's going to get done, but the Senators are hoping. He's not going to play anywhere else because no one else is throwing any trial balloon dollars Exactly. So that's the news really around the league right now, that things are kicking off Tuesday night. Uh, Crosby practiced today, but we're still unsure about what he's going to do. But today we're talking about the Metro division, our area of of teams featuring the Rangers, Islanders, Devils, and so many more. And speaking of that division, I say it's the toughest division to predict. Uh, and it's probably the toughest division period in the NHL this year. Just so many good teams, so many teams that have proved. And to me, the team to beat realistically in this division is the New York Islanders. That's kind yeah. of like, Jim, that's kind of like saying the Pacific Ocean is wet. <laughs> it's true. That's true. I mean, when you look at it this way, they've spent the last two years in the third round, and last year they took the defending – they took the champs to the cusp. You know, no one played the champs tougher than they did. It, it, doesn't go, it doesn't put us anywhere going out on a limb to say they're the team to beat in the division. But then, of course, we have to say, have teams in this division improved? And who slid backward? And I've got a list of slid backwards. And, of course, I've got the list of teams that have improved. The question is – do they get close to the Islanders? And also, can the Islanders withstand playing that playoff style of hockey every single game? Because this year, they'll be doing it over 82 games instead of 54 last year or 56 last year. And that's a tough style to play, especially they've been doing it now for three years. Yeah, it could be burnout. We don't know how any of these teams are going to do during the course of a 82-game Yeah, back to norm. And hopefully, it's, hopefully and it's really no well, realistically, realistically, say the Olympics go off. A you lot got of three weeks teams, of the Olympics out in February that are, that's no hockey. There's no hockey, so teams will have breaks, especially if there's injuries. So that kind of benefits a team like the Islanders, who are going to start the first 13 games on the road anyway, and they got to survive before they get to their new building. So honestly, it, honestly, and guys, I like. Yeah, if it, the Islanders go first 13 games, if they go seven and six or something like that. They're going to run away with the division. They're going to be fine. They're going to run away with the division the issue they they were around 500 after the road trip. Yes, exactly. But to me, for me, the Islanders need to do one – like the one thing the Islanders always have to do is score. They got Anders Lee back. They have Palmieri in the lineup. They re-signed him. I like what they've added in Parisi. They have the best third-line center in the game probably in Pajot. They're mixing things up. I like what they're doing. As much as I disagree with the Chara signing, you know, not really a fan of it. He's a number six guy. They're pairing him with Noah Dobson. That's something similar to what we saw in Boston with Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy. So yep. that can help them. The big issue is when is Simeon Varlamov going to come back into this lineup? Because he is hurt and not played a preseason game. And right now it's Ilya Sorokin and Corey Schneider. Big difference. Huge difference. Big difference. I'm sorry. You know what? You could have a system. Like, I'm going to go over the goalie stuff and why certain, for my reasons of the team around that make the goalie, you know, Sorokin, like like I said last year, I have a, I, I love the kid. He had a great rookie season and bounced that back great from that first game against the Rangers to, to be the goalie he was for the rest of the season and mentally not be shot down by when he started, you know, in place of Alarmoff last year at, at the beginning. Um, but... Sh- Listen, man, Schneider, come on. Hey, but if you're going to try and say that the system's going to save a goalie, that hopefully he has a rebound. Hopefully they found something in him, coached him, something that the the Devils gave up on him, you know, and didn't keep him for for depth. Now he has to be in there, and hopefully Sorokin, who's not played a full NHL season, and he's – you know, has to carry them, and the system can't the crumble. Now. The system can't crumble, especially if Schneider's in net, because it seems like it's the system and then the goalies, and then who, however the team goes. It's like you can put any goalie in there. Look at their stats. 
The stats last year, I have them written down here, were um, Sorokin, 217 goals against with a 918 save percentage. That's really and good. Lamorth, 204, 929. You're telling me both those goalies are the top of the enchilon of the NHL that have those kind of numbers? It's the system. So now this has to be more. Well, the bigger question, Coach, is this. The system around them. Coach, the bigger no. question is this. It's not those numbers. Those are obviously off the chart numbers. But the bigger question is shots per game that they see and quality shots per game. How do you compare those numbers to, let's say, the numbers of the average and the other above average teams in the league? Because the that's system how you know. makes it. The system makes it happen. If we're going to go back and we're not going to say trap and all that garbage, like with the Devils, when they used to say it's with Brodeur. It's a defensive-oriented system. How good was Brodeur when the system was set that the shots and the quality of shots and the stuff in the middle were always squashed most of the time versus other teams? This well, is what the Islanders are going to have to do for them. But he was part of that system, too, because he would play the pucks that were dumped in and get them out. That's why they put the trapezoid in. Exactly. The, yeah. the, thing is, the thing is with the Islanders, like you said, they can give up some high-quality scoring chances, and their goaltenders are there to bail them out, especially right. if, the, if they, you can find kinks in the system. I mean, look, they only lost one nothing in Game 7 against the – against the defending champions off a bad turnover and the puck went in the net because they were playing against a good third line. Exactly. It, a it, high that's where you, offense, by the way. Look, look, if the thing is beating the Islanders, you got to make sure the opportunities that you have, you capitalize on because you're not going to see them again once they make the mistakes and you saw the rest of that game, they didn't do it. They, uh, but the Islanders like to take advantage of turnovers too. And that's what they did against Pittsburgh, Boston, they did that sometimes against Tampa, but Tampa really didn't give them too much because Tampa learns how to adjust their style. The thing is with the Islanders is 82 games. Now, a, a lot of teams have not played 82 games, and it's like when kids come up, they're not used to the long thing. But, again, the Olympics is going to be key for the Islanders. If they can have that break, teams are going to, you know, they rest up a little bit, then you're into the back half of the season again. What I like to – I think the Islanders are, to me, the team to beat because I don't trust Carolina's goaltending – I think it got worse. Um, I Kakaniemi is not the player that they think they're getting. Not for six salary, million dollars. <laughs> not for six million dollars. They have a good team. Um, Brenda Moore is going to coach them the right way, but I think their, their defensive depth, which they had, is gone. I think that's it's taking a step devil back. Them right now. <laughs> but I think I think the top two teams in that division are the Islanders and the Hurricanes. But I think the Hurricanes' offensive depth is better now than their defensive depth but they're still a good team. And I think the top two teams in that division are Carolina and the Islanders. I agree with the Islanders. I don't agree with Carolina because I have no faith in their goaltending. They lost a big stud in Dougie Hamilton going over to the Devils. You don't replace that type of, uh, you know, frontline offensive defenseman. I, I just don't put them in, in the echelon with the Islanders. I just don't well, see I, it. Well, I, I, said the I said they were the two? top two teams. I didn't say that Carolina was in the same conversation as the Islanders. I think they'll fi finish one, two in the division in that order. Islanders I, and Hurricanes. You, you, if the Kings do finish two, it's going to be a distant two. You yeah, see, exactly. I, and I'm just going here, Islanders first. Totally agree. Right. I'm putting it on a line. I'm going to say that the Rangers are going to finish in front of Carolina because as defense shows, as what Columbus last year showed, if the defense crumbles, the goalies are subject. And you said and Carolina doesn't have the goaltending. Their goalies are not better with Anderson and Ranta, which you have to have up seasons compared to when they had Ranta and Hill. Well, Ranta and Hill, well, Ranta and Hill weren't even in Carolina last year. They were in Arizona. They have Morazic, uh, Reimer, and Nelkovich. I'm sorry. Yeah, they Mirazic, had the Nelkovich. And he was just a Zamboni driver. He played better. And they right, exactly. Him. Yeah, oh, Nadelkovich yeah. is in Detroit, which makes I'm, no sense. Again, wrong. I have, I'm having one of those periods, guys. I'm trying not to look down at my nose to remember. That was a couple Nadelko of years Nadelkovich should still should be the starter in Carolina, but he's not. 100%. Look, I, I think that was a huge mistake. But, but look, here's the thing. I think offensively, the Hurricanes have the talent to be top two in the division. Their defensive depth is not what it used to be, but they're still a good defensive team, especially with Rob Brindamore behind the bench and those assistants there. I just don't 
see other teams taking that step to go past Carolina. I And I don't know, like, as much as we think the Penguins could have a down year and Washington can have a down year, mm-hmm. you're telling me the Rangers are better than those teams. The Flyers improved. New Jersey improved. It's, well, I- a, re- it's a real scramble to figure out outside of, those top two and Columbus finishing in the bottom where everybody else stacks up. Because to me personally, with Sid out who practiced today, I don't think he's going to play in the opener because of the wrist surgery. Now you're telling me you have Crosby and Malkin out for a little bit. If the Penguins don't get up to off to a good start, they could find themselves on the, on the way outside looking in, which I think they will. Washington, I I don't know. Washington is still a contender. I just don't know how far they're going to get. Like I, I said, like New Jersey. Goaltender. I don't. I don't know if they've taken the next step to get there as well that, with their with cool. their injuries. So I mean, there's a lot of lot of factors right now in this division behind there. Do the Rangers find a way to sneak in? I don't think it would be a sneak. They've been on the cusp the last two years. This is this is to make the playoffs. It's to be. You're telling me they won't be one. The, the rebuild top is five. over. You won't be. You telling me they won't be top one of the top five if Shashurskin stays healthy, and Gorgiev gets some of that confidence back with that defense. That defense is so young and good. Their offense just has to score more. Now it's Carolina, whose defense used to be so strong, and their offense was you know above average. Now there's a. Your offense is much better, but your defense isn't as good, and your goalies aren't on the upside of their careers the last year or two. So I would be putting my money on the Rangers with the youth and the combined veteran that they have in their, in their offense now to do enough offensively. And you know what um, the defense, they're going to be told to come back and back check. You know, well, look- so their defense is going to get the help. Well, I like Gallant behind the bench, and, and he's saying the right things, and he's putting the right combinations together here in the preseason, and, and they've gotten tougher. And as we've discussed, and I've discussed on other areas, it is playoffs are bust for this team considering all the changes that have been made with the Rangers because they were on the right trajectory. And if you thought they were making the playoffs last year and they were a lock, then you're dead wrong because they were making the right trajectory. It is playoffs are bust for this uh, team. I didn't now, pick them for the playoffs last year, if you remember. Yeah. I didn't pick them. I mean, I've had no, them I picked, as a no, four, but, but you know what? They were close enough. I had them picked they, exactly where they were going to be. And, and you want to know something, guys? They were on the right trajectory, Jimmy. You're 100% correct. And we, we, we discussed what were the reasons they weren't a playoff team. Number one was no one sold on that, on that coach from last year. The guy no. didn't have pro experience. You know, he was trying to run it like he was running a college team. Doesn't work here in, in the NHL, number one. Number no. two, as Mr. Wilson uh, showed at the world, the Rangers didn't have any toughness. And that actually, I believe that cost the, the, the two big the two big wigs their jobs because they never brought in any toughness. And I think their thought was, you know what, let's just get through the year. We'll bring it in this year. Well, the new regime brought in the toughness. They brought in a better coach. And if you look at it, you know, they're one more year matured. F- Fox looks like he's the right-handed Brian Leach for this franchise. And, you know, they've got the right pieces. Really, the question mark here for me is, do those two number one draft picks over the last two years step it up and become scorers? If they do, this team's a lot for the playoffs. If they're not, they're going to white-knuckle it down to the last week, and they might just come up short. Heedle. Let's not forget Heedle, how young he is. He's been in this well, does he I mature, too? Step up. He took a step up, and Kratzoff showed that he's a very talented and playmaking guy who plays a two-way game. So but here's my question, guys. Here's my question. What was the one thing that I harped on about the Rangers last year, maybe for the last three years? What do they need to do? Captain. Thank you. Got to get captain. a captain or the ship spins around. All right. So I was asked this question uh, on one of the shows I was on up in Saga 960 with those guys. They were asking me about a captain up there. And I said, well, the thing is, is who, who can take it over? Who signed long term? I said, one of the guys that came to mind was Chris Kreider because of, his contract and everything, you know, people suggested Truba. What about Fox? I think Fox is still too young to get it. Um, when he gets maybe well, I got it at 22. <laughs> he did. 
but Fox isn't signed to that long-term deal. And when he does, That's he's going to get paid. They got to ink him first. Right. And what about Zabinijad? That's another question that they need to do. They need to figure him out. And they're still, and just despite all the talk that they're not in it publicly behind the scenes, I think they're still in the Jack Eichel, you know, trying to get him, which I think is a bad move because I don't think you need to mortgage Ugh. the future to get a guy like that. But that's then another you're going disc- back to what the Rangers always did. Right. Then you're going back same- and, and you. And you're killing it's the a whole piece to the puzzle level. that's not missing right now. So you don't have right, to exactly because they, they have the depth down the middle. And you talk about uh Kako and you talk about Lafreniere again. If Galat puts them in the right situation to succeed and, and not play them on third line and fourth line when they're not getting the minutes, but they're playing them up top, like we've seen in preseason, then they're gonna be successful. If not, yep. uh, then they're not. And, and the they look good is, in the preseason, shockingly. Right. right. So their development is on the right course. You just can't expect everybody to be Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews coming into the league because they're not those players. They're you know, a different type of Those play. are once in a lifetime things, and people harp on that, but you, you, it just you can't treat it that way. The bottom line for this team is this: I don't care who gets to see, just give it to somebody already, and let's move forward. You don't have to be a Steve for twenty years. You don't have to be Johnny Busick and have it for twenty years, or Stevie Y and have it for twenty years. You can still have a guy who wears a C for a year or two. And move on. If that guy gets traded, you give it to somebody else. You don't do this to a franchise and let it sit there and have three guys running around with A's. Because then you know what you happens? Know what? You got three A's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get chewed out for this probably. But Shashirskin signed for four years. They're going with them on this trail. If they can't find a regular player, up front player, that is definitely going to be their seed. And they're not thinking, oh, I got to get out of this contract in a couple of years. And they're not going to give it to Kreider. Panarin doesn't want it. Zimbanejad may not even be here because of that Bakarov deal that may have blew up how much he's going to be looking to resign for. Put it on Shashirskin and ride him. I don't like that because I it's, know. We saw that's what, a college move. Well, it's not a college move. We saw what happened in Vancouver with Luongo and stuff. There's certain things the captain has to do. And like you said, Panarin doesn't want it because of his – he, he can't, his English isn't the greatest. It's not his style. He does more of talking on the ice than, than not on the ice. So I, I like not giving it to him. It's either Kreider, it could be Fox, it could or be somebody Truba. else. Or Foxy. Or Truba. Yeah. I don't or, like or maybe that. Or maybe that's one of but the they things they're dangling trying. for Fox to sign a long-term deal as you get to see with the deal. Right, exactly. That could be it. Or same with Mika. Maybe they give it to him because if he signs a long-term deal. But that's if he, yeah, it's if they, he signed. They obviously right. didn't give it to Kreider when he signed the long-term deal two years ago. That would no, have been the right so, time to give it to him. No, but that could Kreider's have gotten him fired too. Was giving him that deal and not trading him because now well, he's like, "What am I going to do with him?" Yeah, but well, if you're going to sign him, why wouldn't you give him the C? It's either let him go or give him the C. You neither I'm say, and he didn't either. And that's mm. what could have gotten them fired too. Is what I'm saying is you gave him that long-term deal, but yet he wasn't good enough to put the C on him, and now you're stuck with that deal. When you could have traded like you see the other night with Subban. He did, but again, that play the other night, two guys going in the corner, get tangled up. It was a bad, Subban knew what happened. You know, Reeves a good dude. I mean, the problem was it was just two guys got tangled up. Right. You know, it's. I agree with you, Jimmy. I agree with you, but still as the captain, that's, he Kreider did what a captain has to do. Even, even if you know the situation, you got to step up because the visual to the people in the, in the stands is, is a different story than the people who are on the ice. And maybe exactly. that's what he's trying to prove. And maybe he's doing it to prove a point. I'm not, you know, I got my contract, but I could still fight and I'll fight for my team. So, listen, I would have no give problem somebody, giving like him the seat. He's supposed to be here long term. Give it to him. Give it to exactly. somebody. I don't care. Give it, yeah, give it to somebody. Don't let it drag out all along. Look, the Devils gave it to Nico Heischer after he signed his exactly. long term extension. They knew that's the leader. That's who's going to step step up, but they have other leaders in the locker room as well, with Dougie Hamilton coming in and other guys that are you know maturing along the way and are going to take big roles with the Devils coming up this year. And I like what they've done and proved. But the big issue for the Devils is they do everything right, but then they get injuries, and you got a guy like Blackwood who's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, yeah. and now he could not start the season, and it's just. It's it's a shame that the Devils are doing everything right and then they still take two steps backwards because certain things just don't fall their way. I like what they've done. I think they're going to be an improved team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, unfortunately. But they're gonna but they're gonna make it hard for other teams, especially down the stretch, to make the playoffs in this division. 
because they know they're going to play harder against those teams. And that's what I want from that, from the devils. They, they're not, definitely not going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be better than it was, has been the last couple of years. And offensively, they found studs in, in Alexander Holtz, who's had a great preseason. Dawson Mercer's earned himself a shot on this team. He's played really, really well, been impressed with him. So the Devils are finding their way. It's going to be, it's going to be a nice little rivalry the Devils have with the Rangers. Now, who's, you know, the Rangers are definitely ahead of them rebuild-wise, but the Devils are coming up. The Islanders are ahead of everybody in the metro area teams. You know, it's going to be interesting how these te- everything plays out in this division. Um, like I said, to me personally, you know, Washington and, and Pittsburgh are, you know, are they, are they playoff teams still? Are they not? Where are they in the mix of everything? And then we've got, then we've talked about Philly. Is Carter Hart going to have a bounce back season and all the improvements they've made? Like, well, the key thing is the improvements on defense DJ. because they realized that Carter Hart had his setback because he had nothing in front of him. That team defense was abysmal. Not mm-hmm. And that poor kid, you know, you take a young goalie and you shatter his confidence. That's what happens. I mean, you didn't, that's I think it. they went after Ellis for a major reason because they want that guy to bring that mindset of playing real defense that gets you into the playoffs. I agree with you. That's and I it. like the wrist and I like the wrist aligning trade as well. I think they definitely too. improved and they put a pair with the right guy. Now you got Cam Atkinson up front. So, and you know, AV with that team, we'll see, what, see what, how they do things. I don't, I don't like their backup goalie Martin Jones. I, I think that's a downgrade. So it's going to be a lot on Carter Hart this year, but with the yep. defense improved offensively, I think they're a good team. You know, they're going to be battling for a spot as well. I think they're going to have a bounce back here. So, like I said, you you have now after Carolina and the Islanders, you have the Rangers, Devils, um, you got um, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly battling there. Like I said, I think the Devils probably won't be there at the end. But you're saying right now you got five teams somewhere, like, and obviously Columbus is going to be at the bottom. You know, maybe they surprise a lot of people too. You never know with them because, you know, their style of play and, you know, Ms. Line. What about Patrick? Well, we don't Line know what their style of play is going to be because they just did a paradigm shift. <laughs> exactly, but now you got Patrick Line. You know, is, he's least happy. He's happy now. He's rejuvenated. Are we going to see the old Patrick Line? Jack Rosovic's there, so maybe they they find some magic. Zach Wierenski's there. No Zach, no Seth Jones, and you know everybody thinks they're going to take a step back. They probably will, but they're going to make life difficult for teams in this division as well. So we can't forget about them. But like I said, I'm not sure. What, if I'm sold on Pittsburgh and Washington, guaranteed locks to make the playoffs, especially with the six, the non-success they've had in the playoffs. I, I honestly, like, I've been talking about this for the last couple of years. I, if, if you talk about it enough, you're going to be right, I guess. But in the situation, I really feel that the window for Washington is closing very fast to the point where I, I just think that, you know, if they make the playoffs, they're a one-and-done team type of – same thing for Pittsburgh – but I think Washington's windows close faster. Pittsburgh's going to start off abysmally because their top two guys are injured. And Malkin, when has he been healthy? So, I mean, honestly, you know, what's really left in that guy's tank? Are, are you sold on anything else really on that team? You know, Jarry and Ned, I mean, as far as I'm the, goal, concerned, the goalie think, tandem, the goalie tandem showed some cracks. A lot of cracks. You know, exactly. And, and it's, so. there's cracks throughout the whole foundation. I mean, they brought a lot of guys in late down the stretch last year. And made a run to get into the playoffs, and they got embarrassed in the playoffs. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm just looking at it and saying, for a veteran team, if they couldn't take advantage of the shorter season, this longer grind is going to really hurt them. I, I I think you start to see that window almost slamming shut for both those franchises. And quite frankly, I think Washington's fully vested in you know riding Ovi to, to try to break Gretzky's record. I don't think they're shooting for cups anymore there. I really don't. No. And Backstrom's hurt too, so let's not forget about that. That's right, Backstrom's hurt. I mean, you read you read in the in the in the tabloids that guy's hurt, and what's the prognosis? Nobody knows. You don't hear numbers. You don't hear set date. Like I always want to hear when a target date is for a guy's return. When I don't hear it, I think that they're not picturing that guy. No, exactly. So, and then they have questions to go as well. Same with Pittsburgh. Am I, is Jari the number one? Was the Smith in this factor? Are they going to go get somebody? I know you got Hextall and Brian Burke, and, and they believe that their window is still open with that core, but eventually you got to realize, yo, Malkin's – when's this Malkin's guy ever done. been – Malkin's he's done. done. He's, he's never been healthy. 
the last couple right. of years. When he's been healthy, he's not been the same player. He's always looking for fights. He's always been in a penalty box. He's not the same player. You cannot continue to ride Sid as much as he's been is the best player in the game, which McDavid, I think, is taking that mantle. When they get in the playoffs, especially if they match up against the Islanders, they don't match up well against them. They're one and done when they match up against the Islanders. It's just it, yeah. it it is what it is. They have no defensive presence. There's no reliability in net. And you've got aging superstars who can turn it up a little bit here and there, but you can't you can't have Sid carry a team anymore, especially when his wingman is a wing nut. Well, when they don't even play on the same line anymore. Right. And like like Getzel's still good, but again, they have a lot good. of question marks going good. into the Right, but they have a lot right. of question marks going to the opening season, too, because they have COVID problems now. Yeah, Jay, go let's, ahead. Let's, as far as how teams built around the goalies and the goalies built around the teams, let's go back to the Islanders. We don't, how long Volomov is going to be out? Now you cannot afford Sorokin to get hurt because no. your depth no. now with Schneider and then who's behind him. You think they're going to be able to carry this team behind the system if Sorokin goes down, too? So the seven game on the road start, Sorokin's gonna have to be in there every night until Volomov comes back and just give I, Schneider here and there. I mean, I think Volomov's definitely getting close, but I don't think he's gonna be ready to start the season. So I don't know. Like I said, to me, I think the Islanders are the team to beat uh, in the division. Uh, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be interesting to watch some of these teams play in this division, especially like I said, I got my eyes on Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia. You know, it's going to be there. To me, Rangers, it's playoffs or bust. Uh, who, who gets in, who doesn't get it? Are we going to see five teams? It's only going to be four, depending on points, especially coming up against the Atlantic Division. So, again, so to me, it's Islanders, Carolina, and then figure out where everybody else um, slots in. You want to go first, Mark? Uh, I'm going to slightly disagree with you, Jimmy. I'm going to say it's the Islanders and everybody else. And, well, no, no, uh, I mean, like, one, two. I mean, I think the yeah. Islanders are I don't even, But I don't division. see Carolina as that lock, two either. It's like, because there's so many question marks about the teams below Carolina, as well as Carolina's goalie issue. So it's Islanders, one, I think, yeah, big deal. It's like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's a, you know, anyone who's going to, like, contradict that one. So it's Islanders, one. I don't care about the bottom three, honestly. I don't. I, I will say this about the Devils. I think they're going to start off very, very slow. I think they're going to have a lot of bumps in the road, but I think that they're going to turn it on after the All-Star break because I don't think they're going to have anyone really going to the All-Star game, and that's going to give them a chance to solidify what they want to do. Well, and I think they'll they're have going to make one, a run. Well, they'll have one player going to the All-Star one. game because yeah, player, like one, player. One, player, one player actually has to go to the All-Star game. <laughs> so who's that going to be, Dougie Hamilton by, by default? default? I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Could be Jack but, Hughes, could be Nico, could be somebody. Could, could be, but the key thing for them is I think that their run, their maturity run is going to happen after the after the, the All-Star break. They'll make a nice run. They're not going to make it, but they're going to make a nice run, and it's going to be that logical next step for them. I just think the first half, I think Devils fans are going to be frustrated. That's just my, my opinion. I think that there are six, maybe a five in this division. And the only reason I'm just throwing it out there is because they're a local team. We go to their games. We have something vested. We like to see the locals do well. It's good for our show. So, you know, and I think that they'll be of interest afterward and they're going to slowly gain on people. And I think people will say, holy crap, where was this team in the beginning of the year? That, that's my opinion on that. Obviously, I lock Islanders into number one. You know, I don't even care about the goalie, the goalie issue right now. As long as Sorokin stays healthy, that'll be fine. As long as they play that's 500, it. as long as they play 500 hockey for the first 13 games until the new building opens up, that's, that's going to be the big deal for them. The other question too is, how does the new building play into this? Because the old building, they had real fans in it. Now, rumors you hear is that the new building, new pricing, new tickets, new this, new that. Maybe that doesn't transfer over to the new building. You never know. I don't know that you don't. None of us do. Well, so I mean, well, speaking with some friends who have season tickets at UBS Arena, I think, to, um, you know, Ledecky has done his best to keep the, the normal fan base there so they can be there and be loud, especially with their with their sect, their crazy fans. Because I mean, that old building out. was, the acoustics were so damn loud. And the new, newer buildings just seem to absorb sound more than give it for some reason. Right, but I think I think if the Islanders get through that stretch early on, they'll be fine going in that new building, considering they have a lot of home games at the end of the season. 
Gotcha. So anyway, get back, getting back to it. Islanders one. Yep. I, I go on a limb. I'm going to say Flyers two, Rangers three, Carolina four, and five. Well, it's going to be one of the two teams that we said the window is closing on. It's either going to be Pittsburgh or Washington is going to take that spot and, and that that five spot. And I think five teams are going to make the playoffs from this division. So, but I don't think both of those teams are going to keep the window open. Only no. one of them's going to. And of course, you know, that I'm not going out on a limb by saying that, but of course now I got to gun to the head and I got to pick which of those two is going to be that one. And I'm going to say it's going to be Pittsburgh. And the, and the reason is because I think Sid can still will that team to make the playoffs. Ovi's just looking to beat Gretzky. He's got his cup. He's, he's had his runs. He's, he's not vested in much more than standing in that dot and, you know, rifling home 35 or 40 goals this year so he can be on the Gretzky track. And so that's why I think Pittsburgh's going to get the five, and that's my five for this division. And I think Washington, you know, and, and the Devils will fight it out for six. And I think if the Devils have that good run that I think they will, they'll be six, Washington seven, and then number eight, in my mind, to given is, is Columbus because there's way too many questions, and the answers that I do have aren't good. All right, we're going to go with the Islanders, number one, as long as Sorokin stays healthy or Verlamov stays healthy at the same time. Neither of them can be out at the same time. That'll make them not number one, but Islanders, number one. I'm going to stick with my Rangers, number two, because they're very good enough defensively, which they've shown, and they have the offense and the grit, as long as Shershkin stays healthy, and Gorgiev can find a little better of his game, and they it's the, that's the tandem, which is Shershkin staying healthy. I think the Rangers are two. Carolina, only because their defense got worse and their goaltending tandem got worse. They're number three. Number four is Philly. And Philly can be higher and be number two if Hart comes back from two years ago yeah, and, psycholo and psychologically isn't burnt out from what happened last year and bounces back. That team is very talented. They're my two. Number four, I will give it to Carolina because exactly. their offense is really good. Exactly. These guys come back and back check and their, their defense, like you said, under Brenda Moore will play tough. It's not a system. They'll play tough. It's just their goaltending because their defense is worse. I mean, not their, their, their goaltending is not as good as it was last year, but their defense was better. Number five, like you were saying, too, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh over Washington making the playoffs. If Sid and Malkin aren't out so much, they're going to win a lot of games because of them, and their goaltending has more experience than Samsonov and Vanek. So, you know, and then it's everyone else after who may play spoiler. Yeah, I mean, look, to me, again, it, it comes down to that mix after the Islanders, how they finish out. I mean, look, to me, I think Carolina finishes too. I just like what they're doing there and, that, and, and down there with under Rod the Bod. Are the Rangers ready to take the next step and make the playoffs? Um, where's Philly factor in all this? I think they're I think they're ready for a bounce back here. Sure. I think they're I think they'll make the playoffs as well. Again, as as for me as well, it comes down to Washington Pittsburgh. Can they find a way to get in? Uh, is one of those teams getting in? Are both of those teams? I don't see both of those teams. To me, I think Pittsburgh's look on 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 the outside looking in, which leaves Washington in. To, for me and then everything else plays out the way it is so it, it's going to be a fun division the most competitive division the toughest division in the national hockey league this year for sure uh, i always said the central was one of the toughest divisions i think now it's uh the metropolitan division because of just so many teams improved and so many good teams there and everybody battles everybody each, each other night so it's going to be be fun uh for sure to watch this season I think of the I think of the Metro Division. It reminds me of a line from an old Temptation song. It's people moving out, people moving in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a transition, man. It's like, and that's and that's why it's such an unpredictable competitive division because you've got teams that have been there, you've got teams that that are sliding back, 
teams that are pushing up. And that's where that, that funness comes in, you know, as opposed to like everybody at their, at their A game or everybody in the, in the garbage, so to speak. And, and you're just looking for somebody who's going to make it. That's what makes this division really, really fun. And you, and you know what? There's so many unknowns that to making the prediction, it's like, I wouldn't put any money on anything other than Islanders one right now. Exactly. Yeah, if to me, the Islanders haven't wrapped up number one with Sorokin. I think Sorokin's the number one goalie compared to he Volano. is the number one goalie. He is so, the number one goalie. So, so as long as that pair is playing the majority of the games for the Islanders, eighty-two game season, you know they're they're rock solid and they still got the fourth best line in 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 probably the NHL, which proves what it does to a team to be that good in your bottom four. And your right. body's fit. So the identity line. The identity line. They were protected for a reason. Lou knows what he's doing. Barry Trotz knows what he's doing. It's gonna be a fun season to watch. It's gonna be a fun poor, opening poor game. Barry, though. He when he asks who's gonna start in net, he can't just say Russian goaltender. <laughs> I know, right? Look, um, and, and one thing I think Barry Trotz exploits the Islanders offense a little bit more this year which makes them even more dangerous because last year they only took advantage of opportunities. Now, if they can exploit the offense, look out, they're going to be a, a very, very difficult team and they're on a mission. They believe they don't like how things ended. So, you know, it's easy to say Islanders because what they did, but I really believe that this is going to be their year to do something really, really big. Um, things get started Tuesday night. Can't wait Wednesday. It's going to be Rangers capitals. That's going to be an interesting first game as well. Uh, so, look no, out, man. No more, no more NHL TV anymore. All the games are on ESPN Plus, right? Yeah. For streaming? ESPN Plus, NHL on TNT. Everything's going to be, you know, streamed this year on ESPN Plus. So no NHL TV anymore. But ESPN Plus is a good deal. Get that. There's going to be a lot of games. Out of if market, you have Hulu and Disney Plus, you can just add ESPN Plus for two dollars a month. You can't. Yeah, exactly. Can't can't beat it. Can't for two dollars a month, you just bought yourself, you know, thousand a thousand hockey games. Exactly. It's gonna. I've had it since the start. It's it's really good. I enjoy it. So it's definitely gonna be a fun like season. Uh, so um, I can't wait for it to to get to be honest to get it started. Oh it's yeah. Gonna be, it's gonna be real fun, and and watching all the goalies this year is gonna be real real fun as well. So. We could break that down, you know, a little later on as well. See how they, where teams where they can improve. Who's got the better ones? But you know what? Good, good to be back, fellas, tonight. Good yeah. to be back to talk more, some hockey. More importantly, game two yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Look out, what? buddy! Look out, buddy! <laughs> Look out, buddy! Look out, buddy! <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. I let I let my play on the ice say everything. I'm just going to make sure I'm not sitting on the bench while someone has a three-goal shift again. This guy. It's going to be you fun. But... Still play, man. Uh... Hey, Coach Jay. Hey, Coach Come Jay, down. Take right? some pictures, man. We need you. <laughs> Yo, Coach Jay, uh, got anything else to add about the goalies before we get out of here? Hey, do us your goalie synopsis yeah. of the Metro. Yeah. I'm going to the, – the goalie tandem, like you were saying, Goalie's not going to play 82 games no more. There's going to be no. a number like one goalie that's going to be like, I got to be in there every game. Ain't no Grant Fuhrs here anymore. Ain't, ain't no. like that no more. So the tandems, the tandems rely on the number one goalie playing the number one, earning the number one status when he's in there because that's going to make the difference in a lot of losses. Right. It's not having that goalie depth. And it's a long season. Just um, this, 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 look, this whole conference doesn't have a goalie that's won a cup. There isn't one goalie in this division that's won a cup. So no one has the bragging rights to who's the number one goalie in this division. And everyone has had a little bit of a downturn. Like even Shashirshkin had a little bit of a hiccup. Hard. Right. The team in front of you, is it, is it the goalie that's making the team? Is it the team making the goalie? Over 82 games? it gets exposed and, right. hope, and and with depth, that's why the flyers and when we're talking as a Ranger fan, Hart comes back and with Jones as his 
backup, if Hart is playing at Hart's level two years ago with Jones as your backup with that team, who knows who could be number one in this in this division with injuries? Look, to me, to me, the best tandem when healthy is Islanders, Varlamov and Sorokin. We saw Absolutely. in the playoffs that after Absolutely. that, it tossed it up because it, it's a really a crapshoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but, on paper, Corpostal and Merzlikens is a really good tandem. But Corpostal had a down year last year. He was right, exposed and the defense broke and down that team on it, And the team in front of him isn't that good. Right, the team uh, in front of them, the hunk of junk. Right. So, to me, the, again, the Islanders, again, all categories point to the Islanders. But, like you said, if Hart plays the way he can play, look out. If Chari has a bounce-back season, the Penguins could be better off. Again, to me, I'll, I'll keep saying it, Islanders, it's pretty much – The team in front – and the team in front and how solid they are and – how disciplined they are, and they've shown it for two straight years, you have to give it to the Islanders. Absolutely. So, gentlemen, with that being said, enjoy hockey. Enjoy if you're watching the preseason tonight. Enjoy it. The last night of preseason. Enjoy opening night, Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, Metro gets in action with uh, with the in-division game with the uh, the Rangers and, and Capitals, Pittsburgh and, and, and the Champs on Tuesday night. The Champs raised the banner. That's going to be fun. Hockey is back. We kick things off Tuesday night. This has been the, the first episode of Season 3. Can't believe it. We're here again, back and better than ever. I'm Jim Berenger, your host, Coach J. Mark Weiss. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Atlantic Division Talk is next week. So enjoy your night, everybody, and have a good night. Take care. Enjoy hockey, man. I'm I'm so glad it's back.